Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will use this city as a tool of witness in the lives of those who are struggling to live godly for you. I pray that it will bring deliverance and set the captive free. Lord, as it goes beyond the prison walls, the highway and byways, that it will compel those to come unto you. Lord, those that are struggling, that they'll begin to live victoriously. And Lord, when that race is over and it is all finished, Lord, they can come unto you and you will say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name. Welcome to the I Am Transformed show where we interview real people with real life transformations. I am your host, Dr. Veronica Outlaw, and it is my pleasure to have the opportunity to educate, inspire, and empower you to remove the excuses to receive your life transformation. Today, we have a panel of courageous people, I mean, absolutely courageous, who are going to share their amazing transformations with us and how the power of forgiveness freed them from self-bondage. But first, what I wanted to do is to dedicate this show to a woman who selflessly shared her story with me, and it convicted me so to the point where it changed the trajectory of my life. Her name is Sister Josephine Prescott, and in short, her abuser was, was her husband, and an event with gunshots left her a quadriplegic for over 30 years of her life. In short, she lived her life for God and with no excuses. She founded a foundation for domestic abuse. She finished a college degree. She was a homeowner and she was an avid speaker and advocate for uh, domestic abuse, all while being paralyzed from neck down. Or she forgave her ex-husband and she shared this story with me personally. And she shared how, you know, she forgave her ex-husband for all the things that he had done for her. And that story just literally convicted me and it changed my life. And because she paid it forward, I live to do the same. So for those of you who are meeting me for the first time, I am Veronica Outlaw. I'm a mother and grandmother, an educator, an author. I'm the producer of this I Am Transformed show, and I'm a travel agency owner. And I've had my struggles with unforgiveness, dealing with rejection and marriage, um, domestic abuse and divorce, abandonment, single parenting, and broken hearts due to failed relationships. And I spent over 25 years in that self-bondage until the day I surrendered that burden to God. So I'm a living witness how releasing unforgiveness set me free and brought me peace. So I have others with me today who will share their testimonies also and their journeys to forgiveness and how forgiveness changed their lives. So first up, I'm going to bring Miss Valerie Champion. Ms. Valerie is a mother, a grandmother, an author. She's a Christian coach. She's a prayer warrior and the producer of Mama Goose podcast. And she's also a travel agency owner. Now, Valerie's story a few weeks ago, uh, she shared her experience with child molestation and it literally blessed the airwaves. Um, and it sparks the need for us to have this discussion. So when I reached out to people who had a transforming story and who would agree to have this panel to show people what it looks like to forgive, why forgive and all of that, uh, she stepped up to the plate once again. So, Miss Valerie, how are you? I am awesome, Veronica. And how are you? Well, Dr. Veronica. Oh, no, you call me Veronica. I am awesome. I'm awesome. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. The next person we have is Miss LaShonda Williams. 
Um, now, Miss LaShonda is also a wife and a mother. She's a uh, life mentor coach. She's an author. She's an evangelist and the owner of the To Become One Marriage Ministry with her husband. Now, LaShonda was actually just interviewed earlier today uh, sharing her story with child molestation and sexual and physical and ver uh, verbal abuse. And she shared how forgiveness healed, delivered, and made her whole. LaShonda, how are you? I am doing great today, Ms. Veronica. How are you? I am awesome. Next up, we have Miss Tyra Errors Royal. She's a wife and a mother and a counselor, a teacher, author. She's the producer of Hot But Bother podcast with her husband. She's the founder of Issues of Life, Inc., the founder of Issues of Life Coach Certification Program, and she's the proud owner of Innovatively Assisting You, which is a virtual assistance company. Now, Tyra is here to discuss infidelity in a previous marriage and her journey with forgiveness in this area. Miss Tyra, dear, how are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm amazing. <laughs> I'm amazing. We've got one more. Last but not least. We have my pastor, my bishop, Pastor Dad. <laughs> we have Bishop Gerald Haynes of New Life Ministries of Aiken in Aiken, South Carolina. He's a husband, a dad, a grandfather, and an honest servant of God. Uh, this is a man who selflessly gives of himself to see people saved. And aside from God, he and his wife are part of the reason why I am here today. So, Pastor Haynes, how are you? We're blessed, we're blessed, and glad awesome. to be here amongst these great women of God. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, we're going to get started because um, I'm excited to jump into this topic today on the power of forgiveness. And so we're going to start the conversation off with each person giving a brief testimony of what they have overcome, how they overcame, and what led them to their journey of forgiveness and what forgiveness means to them. So we're going to start off with, since Ms. Valerie is at the top, let's start off with Ms. Valerie and we'll go around until we get to everyone. Ms. Veronica asked me to share because there were, um, as she mentioned in my interview, I actually had to deal with forgiveness uh, on a, a few situations, um, not just with abuse, but with, with child molestation, uh, infidelity. But today, um, I'm here to to speak on the forgiveness of abuse. Um, I grew up in what I consider to be an abusive home. My stepdad would beat my mom. To me, what I felt like was on a regular basis to the point where my sister or myself had to call her job to tell a lie as to why she wasn't um, there. And I felt like my mom took me out of a home that... I felt was that I was loved and brought me into a home where she gave the the responsibility of being, you know, the disciplinary one to my stepdad. And his whoopings would be abusive. You would see red marks on us from the belt. I mean, we were we were little bitty girls. And I think as a result of that, I grew up resenting my mother. I grew up resenting my stepfather. I also had to deal with feelings of rejection and abandonment for the simple reason, as I mentioned, um, my mom brought me into, I felt like she brought me into an abusive home. 
I initially was living with my mother's sister until the age of five when I started going to kindergarten. At least this is my this is my memory of it. She plucked me up out of a home that I felt, you know, was I was receiving love and I wasn't being abused with the with the leather belt and brought me into a home where I, we had to lie about her black eyes, about her busted lips. And she never said anything. She she never spoke up for herself. And as a, a young adult, some of the relationships that I had, I was also abused. How I was able to forgive through all of that, because one of the abuser, honestly, I got hit in the face with a hot iron by by my son's father. I, I don't want to put a bad light on him, but it is what it is. And I literally had to pray my way up out of that situation because people, you know, people say it's easy to just up and leave. It, it wasn't, it, it, at least in my eyes with the low self-esteem that I had, I had two babies. So I couldn't find myself to leave. But what I did, I prayed. I didn't even have a relationship with God initially, but I will pray every single night asking God, to pluck him up out of my life because I couldn't leave him. And when I tell y'all, that is one way I know that God answered prayers because as opposed to staying out on the weekends, he stayed away for two weeks. And after those two weeks, he never came back. So how I forgave him, I actually had to pray. How I forgave my mother, I had to pray. I didn't know anything else. I didn't know God. I didn't I didn't know what the word of God says, honestly, about forgiveness. But when I started getting into uh, into the word and, and developing a relationship with God and I and I started realizing that, you know, the Bible says if you refuse to forgive somebody, God is not going to forgive you of your sins. So I had to start telling myself, I got to let it go. I have to let it go. And before my mother passed away, she doesn't really know my stance on this because we never talked about it, but I forgave her. I forgave her not only for what I felt like the abuse that took place, but I forgave her for me feeling rejected, for me feeling abandoned because my mother did what she only knew to do. And so my my take on on forgiveness how to forgive well first it starts with love i had to learn how to love myself first i had to learn to love myself first and when i learned to love myself first and i learned to i learned to love god for who he is it was a little easy to let go and to let god and so that's that's my story on forgiveness before i just really start breaking down and boohooing right now <laughs> Thank you. Recollect what that time period was from the time where you said, okay, I've, I've got to let this go to the time where you actually honestly, truly forgave. Because yeah. what I want to do is paint a picture to people that this is not a, you get saved and automatically no. you snap your fingers and everything. Um, I started getting a relationship with, with God in 2003. And how I know that is that's when I moved to Douglasville. Let me be honest. That's when I moved to Douglasville. I actually gave my life to Christ at the age of 23, but I did not live. I didn't live for God. But in 2003 is when I gave my life to Christ. When I freed my mother, when I freed my stepdad, and I never called my stepdad dad up until I I was grown and I was free is when I started calling him dad because I didn't look at him like that. But that was in 2013. 
I went on a retreat with our book club. And during that retreat is when I released the unforgiveness. I, I could not have done it myself. I, I really could not have. But in in the mountains, I just felt like, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm up here with God. That's how I felt. I really did. I felt I'm up here with God. And so I'm going to be in his presence. I'm going to get what I need. And it was it was in 2013 is when I fully forgave my mother and my dad and fully forgave my son's father. Thank you. We're going to go on to Mrs. LaShonda. You would tell your testimony, how you came to forgiveness and what that journey looked like for you. Okay. I'm going to give a little short version. Okay. Um, I was um, raped and molested starting between, I think it was the ages of five and between five and six um, by a close relative. When I went to my mom and told her, you know, what, uh, what the relative did to me. Uh, let me back up a little bit. First of all, he told me, if you tell anybody, they ain't going to believe you because all they, they say all you do is lie anyway. And uh, he would repeatedly throw me down on the ground and, and, and just get on top of me and do whatever it is he do. And I would just be crying and crying and crying. And so I went to my mom probably about maybe after the third time. And I went to my mom and I told her, you know, what he had done to me. And she didn't believe me. She, she didn't do anything about it. She didn't believe me. He would still be coming to our house. We'd still be going around him at family gatherings. And he just walk around like nothing is wrong. And I was so hurt because I'm a child and I'm looking forward to, you know, you tell an adult somebody's hurting you, they're supposed to protect you. But they didn't. So it caused me to kind of have um, unforgiveness and bitterness and anger toward the my cousin that raped me. And then I suffered physical and verbal abuse from a close relative. Uh, I was called stupid, black, ugly. You're never going to be anything. Nobody's ever going to want you. And so I started, I had low self-esteem and I started um, hating my skin, my skin complexion. My mom, she, she was like a caramel color, beautiful lady. And my father's a dark skinned man. And I had hatred and unforgiveness toward my father because he chose not to be in my life. And so I had a hatred for men, period. And I remember one day I was in the bathroom and I didn't lock the door. I had went in there and I had got some SOS pads. I had just started talking to myself like I'm getting this blackness off me. And I was scrubbing and the meat began to fall from my face. You could just see like the, the pink colored meat and blood was just all in the sink. And so my mom came in and she grabbed my hands and she said, what are you doing? And um, I was crying and I said, well, mama, why did you have to have me by such a dark skinned man? Why you just couldn't? Why I couldn't look like you? And she was like, Shonda, your skin is dark, but it's beautiful. And she said, give me that. And she took the SOS pass and, and, and everything. And all. And I just cried and I wept because I used to hate that I was dark skinned. And so as I um, grew up because of the molestation and the rape and because of the physical and verbal abuse from the close relative, I um, had low self-esteem. I grew bitter. I grew angry. And uh, I had, like I said, I had a hatred toward men. Uh, later on in life, Throughout my childhood, throughout my um, teenage years, I hid the pain and the hurt very well. I had got addicted to set to Tylenol PMs. I was taking up to seven a night. It's a blessing I don't have no, no internal, nothing wrong with my internal organs, but I was taking seven a night. And I literally thought about suicide one day. I was sitting down. The voice came to me and said, why don't you just take the whole bottle? Why don't you just kill yourself? Nobody loves you. Nobody wants you here anyway. And I really felt that way. I hated my life. And so um, 
it was God that intervened because the the pharmacist that I used to get the Tylenol from had called my mother and told her, you know, that uh, he was concerned uh, because I had been getting so many. And so my mom came in the room and asked me about it and she took the Tylenols from me. And I literally had planned on that next day. So I said it was God that intervened because I had planned on that next day taking that whole bottle and just taking myself out. And so I said that was God that intervened. So throughout my life, I ended up, uh, I never had nobody I can talk to or that I didn't trust. I trusted nobody. And I, I was so bitter and so angry and so hurt. And when I got into a real relationship with someone, I, I couldn't carry on relationships long because I didn't trust anybody. So I just cut it quick and off. And when I did get into a relationship with uh, with the guy, um, I entrusted him with the information you know, about my about myself and how I felt with being raped and molested. And because I had been raped at a, it would be times I would have flashbacks. I would just literally be punching, get off me, you know, just saying things. And I would be asleep at night. And like I said, I didn't want to get too graphic, but I shared this in the person group. I'd be asleep at night and that um, something that the guy did to me as a child, when it comes that point in time for him to do what he do, he, he, he did that on me. And as a child, that sent, and I used to hate sex. I thought it was so disgusting and nasty. And when I would be asleep at night sometimes, I would smell that smell and I would just wake up crying and screaming. And, you know, my mom's like, what's wrong with you? But nobody understood or knew the hurt that I was going through. And so, um, so once I came to God, I, I, I had a miserable life. And um, then I came to the Lord and, uh, and I got saved in 1999. And when I got saved in 1999, I came to God open and raw because nothing is hidden from him anyway. And I came to him and I said, Lord, I'm messed up. I'm jacked up. I'm tired. I said, I, I got a hatred for my daddy. I hate the, the guy that, that molested me and raped me. I said, I hate, I, I'm just, I'm tired. I said, I hate the family member that, that word cursed me, spoke curses on me. I said, Lord, if you don't help me, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so I know the word does say that if we don't forgive those who have wronged us or hurt us, then God can't forgive us. So I was honest with God. I said, I, I need your forgiveness. And it's hard for me to forgive them for they hurt me so deeply. I said, I want to forgive them, but I just can't. And I was saying with my mouth that I forgave them. But the honest truth is, every time somebody mentioned their name or something, it's something inside of me that's just like, oh, I can't stand. So it was still there. And my husband brought that to my attention that you need to pray and, and ask God to remove that from you because it's still there. And so um, I went to God just like that. And, and as my journey began with the Lord, um, the Holy Spirit had put on my heart. He said uh, to call their names out in prayer and pray for them. And I began to do that every day. And I began to see. And then what came to my mind was that scripture resting all against flesh and blood. So I started to see that oh, I'm chosen by God. That's why, see, it was the person it wasn't that individual. Yes, they hands was doing it. They they did what they did. But it was the devil because he come to kill, steal, and destroy. So he figured if he could use them to, to keep me down, to keep me depressed, to keep me out of my mind, then I wouldn't walk in the power of walking where God had me to walk in. But I started looking at it that way. And I started looking at, look, they are souls. 
So I said, God, I choose to forgive and I choose to love them because I can't move forward in my life holding on to this and I'm not going to give them power over me. And so that's why I begin to pray every day, calling their names out to God and praying. And I noticed as time went along, God began to give me an unconditional love for them. And I began to see them as a soul. And I began to look at, okay, God shared, God extended his grace and his mercy to me. And I did him wrong. I ain't always did right myself. I've done people wrong. And I said, and I need his grace and his mercy. And so I started looking at it like that. And I started praying for him and praying for him. And one of the persons that hurt me, people were talking and they were saying, that's, that's what they get. You know, they've hurt some, so many people because he, I wasn't the only one in the family he'd done this to. I was just the first one to come out to speak about what he'd done to me. And then others in the family began to come, you know, come out. I never called his name, but they knew who I, were talk, who I was talking about because they knew what he'd done to them. And so I began, when they were talking about my life, that's what he didn't know. I began to pray and I said, Lord, heal this by save his soul. Save him, God. And I noticed throughout time and throughout years, I felt so much brighter. I felt so much lighter. And I began to flow in what God had me to flow. And I began to love them with an unconditional love. And before the person that died, that um, that spoke those words over me and cursed me, God allowed me to go back to them. And whether they said they were sorry or not, it's not what they've done to me, but it's what I do to them because I'm going to have to stand before God for me. So I told them that I love them and I, I forgive them. I went back to my father and I told him as well, if he never wanted to, if he still to this day doesn't have a relationship with me, but that's fine. I love him. If he need me, I go and help him. And I have love for him. And I have even for the one that molested me and raped me. And I know nobody gave me this unconditional love, but God. And so that's my forgiveness journey and that's how I came to forgive and uh, regardless to what people say think or what they've done to me or even yet what they're still doing to me I choose to love and I choose to forgive. LaShona did you ever talk to your mom about it again and if so did she believe you when you you know told her? Yes um, my mom had got diagnosed with cancer she's been dead now for about 12 years but she had got diagnosed with uh, cancer breast cancer and she had gotten to the point to where she couldn't um, stay by herself and take care of herself. So my husband allowed for me to move her in for me to take care of her. And um, and at this particular time, it was pre pretty hard because I had a baby. My daughter was a baby at the time. So I took care of my mom and my daughter. And she called me in the room one day and she asked me to sit down and she talked to me. And she told me that um, she knew when I came to her that I was telling her the truth because something similar that happened to me. It happened to her and she knew that this person was abusing me verbally and physically because they did it to her. She asked me to forgive her. And I told her, I said, sure, mama, I do. I forgive you, you know. And um, and she shared, you know, her heart with me about how she didn't come forth and she didn't come out and say anything out of fear. But she was she was glad that I did, you know, because I did. I, I spoke out because it becomes a family. It comes a generational curse. And it has to stop somewhere. And so, yes, she we had to come a good conversation. And yes, she knew I forgave her and and, and all that. So, yes, ma'am, I did. Thank, thank you, Lashonda, for sharing that. Miss Tyra? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Let's hear what you have. Let's uh, talk about your your story and your 
uh, journey to forgiveness and what that means for you? To be honest, I got so many things that so many people I had to forgive, and I, and I could only pick one person. <laughs> And um, and I really I really tried to pick somebody that um, that I had a hard time forgiving, but I really wanted to talk about something different than everybody else as well. Been molested as well, and um, been through abuse and stuff like that. But I was like, Lord, what could what what can I share? You know, to discuss about um, forgiveness because as growing up. I have always had a relationship with God, and so I was always reading my Bible anyway, even though I didn't understand it. I just loved to read. But as I got a little bit older in my teenage years, I came across the scripture about God don't forgive you if you don't forgive others. So um, when I gave my life to Christ and I was married, um, I came. I found out that my husband had, um, you know, committed infidelity. Um, I was. I was devastated. That's all I can I can put it that way because you know the first time you just like wow, um, how could that be? You know because I'm being faithful. I'm telling you that I'm going to be there through um, sickness and health and all those good things. And um, but here you are. And the, the funny thing about it is, is that I was the one who found out. Um, because I'm the one who was snooping around. <laughs> and you know how people say, if you're snooping around, you most definitely going to come across something that you, you know, you better be ready for it. I just say it that way. If you're snooping around, you better be ready for whatever that you're going to find. And so I did find it. And uh, because really women already know, we have an instinct that the Lord has blessed us with. And whenever God is sharing and, sh- and showing us stuff, you know, we have to pay attention. Um, but I wanted evidence. So I did get the evidence, and um, Lord knows it was devastating. And I remember how the way I acted because it stuck. It just it just stuck in my head because I had kids, and they were you know younger kids, like three and under. I remember being on my back on the floor, and I was kicking the, the cabinets, and I was kicking them so hard, and I was screaming so hard. Because it felt like my heart was about to explode. <laughs> I'm just like, God, I have never experienced such hate like this before in my life. Why am I feeling this way? I mean, you know, I'm not um, a person that can control what somebody else do onto me. But I really do believe that if a person say that I do, and they are supposed to be with me forever, and I'm supposed to be with them forever, that's what I expect. You know, that's what... I'm expecting that we're going to be together forever. And even though I was 20, 20 years old, I still believe in love. You know, hey, we all, we all want to be loved and we all want to love others. So I kept looking at, my kids came over because I had boys at that time. And my boys was looking at me. They just stood, they just stood there and stared at me. And, when, and I didn't even know that they were standing there, <laughs> to be honest. But when I when I finally saw them, I, I immediately stopped because they were staring at me and I was like, Lord, I must look like a fool. But I couldn't stop the hurt on the inside of me. And so I was, you know, trying to figure out, Lord, what do I do with this now? What what do I do now? What do I stay or do I go? Because I'm not because first of all, I'm the type of person that's just like, um, hey, it only take one time. One time it hurt me, boo, I'm gone. <laughs> you 
you don't got to worry about me. Don't, don't, don't call me. Get rid of my phone number. All the cases one time. And, um, but I couldn't do that because I was married. And so I started praying and I started asking the Lord, what should I do? Um, should I stay or should I go? And what do I do with these feelings? Because this hurts so badly. When, you know, when I decided to talk to him about it, you, you, you will always remember how ugly you've been. <laughs> you will always remember how ugly you get with somebody because it's so traumatic to me because I was so outside of myself trying to figure out why this happened and why did you do this to me. So I was pretty much the victim. I did, you know, talk it over with him. And, of course, you know, they always lie first, but... He couldn't lie because I had the evidence. So when I showed the evidence, bam, it was that's where it was. But long story short, I did stay the first year. And while I was staying there, I stayed because, you know, the Lord told me. But while I was staying there, I was like, Lord, since I have to stay here, you're going to have to help me. Because I cannot do this within my own strength. And um, I have learned that over the years, especially... You know, these past few years that I cannot do anything like this on my own strength because you you just can't do this on your own strength. Trying to forgive somebody who abused you, trying to forgive somebody who committed infidelity against you, trying to forgive somebody who had even violated your body when, when they wasn't supposed to. I mean, that that's something that you just can't do within your own strength. And yes. Yeah, the Lord's prayer say, Lord, uh, help me to forgive those who trespass as I forgive those who trespass against me. But some trespasses are way beyond a trespass. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. Some trespasses are way beyond just a trespass to me. And I'm not trying to categorize it, but I'm just saying that some things, they stick to you like glue. And you have to get something real strong to take the glue off your hand. Y'all know if you get that gorilla glue, you better have something to something um, that's supposed to take the glue off your hand. You can't get nothing. Some type of treatment that ain't gonna work. So it takes the blood of Jesus and the word of God to, um, you know, to forgive something that somebody has done to you. And um, and I did uh, stay, but we did eventually get divorced uh, because he couldn't stop committing infidelity. So. Um, like I said, I just wasn't the type of person who stays in situations where I know that I don't have to be um, because I, I knew the Bible. I knew the word of God. And, but I still had to forgive him, though. I still had to forgive him. I still had to raise my boys up without talking about him because I know how some people love to. Well, you know, I wouldn't say they love to talk about people, but. You know, when something hurts you so bad, you tend to talk about the person that hurt you. I mean, because that's, because it's stuck inside your heart, and all you can do is just try to get it out. You're trying to get it out, but the more you talk about it, it don't. It, it, you know, talking about that person, it really doesn't help because you're talking about them. And then while you're talking about them, it's nothing nice. You know, it comes out the wrong way. You come out bitter. You come out you know, all ugly and uh, being mean to your own kids. And so when I had left my husband, that was the part that I had a hard time doing because it, it was it was, okay, it was okay for me to walk away because, hey, I'm no longer with you anymore. I can love you from a distance. You know, we can just 
take care of the kids. So that was the easy part. But the journey began when I was on my own with my kids. And that's when I had to respect my kid's father. Because no matter what was going on between me and him, as husband and wife, he was the the um, the the, um, the father. So I had to ask the Lord to help me with my mouth, <laughs> help me with my feelings, you know, help me to not project my anger or whatever I'm feeling onto them about their father. Because I wanted them to find out on their own, you know, what type of relationship that would happen between them. Let me just put it that way, and they did find out when they got older. So that was something I was not going to do. But I had to ask the Lord to help me because that's not right, you know, to put your anger on your kids just because something you're going through in regard to the father or the mother. Come on now. You know, um, there's there's some situations that does happen where you have to forgive and you have to be quiet at some time and you have to also be quiet on the inside because it can come out the wrong way and so i was like okay lord so you know god helped me through that y'all he really did jesus christ was on the road with that but you know when it comes to you being a single mom and you all by yourself hanging on by the thread you're like lord you don't have to help me because i'm feeling like hey god me and my kids out there in the wilderness by ourselves. <laughs> I feel like I'm out here screaming and yelling and my son off somewhere dying, you know, because I'm all by myself. I'm taking care of these kids by myself. So not only do I have to worry about my, um, you know, my ex-person doing the things that he's doing, he was also not helping me. And then I have the other baby daddies that I have to deal with. So, um, you know, I was like, Lord, you're going to have to help me because this this person is going to be in my life forever <laughs> because I have a child by him. I have kids by him. So they're going to be in my life forever. So that what does that mean? That they're going to always be around. <laughs> so when I, I may see them over here at the store or they're going to be somewhere. And so when I see that person, I don't want my emotions rising up and down. I don't want to have any ill feelings toward a person because one thing about it if you do not have forgiveness in your heart it's gonna show up in your body it's gonna show up and you'll be walking around like jesus help me lord why you know you you start getting all just hype up and um you just want to scream and yell then that means that you really haven't fully forgave them and so i got to a point where i was able to forgive and forget um, that's when the parts because some people can forgive but they don't forget. So when you come around, all these things coming back to my mind and it's coming out the way that it shouldn't come out through the body and through my mouth and um how the way I'm acting towards you cold and stuff and don't want to speak to you and I'm rolling my eyes when you ain't looking at me, you know. <laughs> so um it, it got to a point where I was able to love compassionately and unconditionally with the love of Christ when I, when he came around, when he came against the kids, when the fathers come and or when they call, you know, there'll be times, you know, I wouldn't answer because I have to be in capacity to be able to pick up the phone. <laughs> I have to be ready to pick up the phone, y'all. I'm just going to be honest. I ain't going to be walking around here talking about, oh, I was glad to pick up the phone when they called. No, I was not. I had to pray. I had to get in my prayer closet and say, Lord, please help me to answer this phone because if I get on here, it's going to be some cussing going on. But I had to, you know, just 
um, give it to the Lord. And so most of the time, we don't want to give it to him because we want to fix it. And I was the type of person where I want to fix everything. But God was like, no, you can't fix this. You cannot. You can't fix it. You can't even help yourself as far as trying to do this within your own strength. So don't even try it. So I was, so I just pretty much just, I guess I could say I was leaning on God most, most of the time because I knew that I couldn't do it on my own. I couldn't. I, but I mean, it, it takes God to help you through this. It takes the blood of Jesus. I'm telling you, because I was like, Lord, you have to help me because I'm, I'm, I mean, something else going to come up out of me. And I know that it's not going to be the love of Christ. And really, when you come out of character like that, then something is going on. It's time to do some surgery. It's time to examine that heart because that is not of God. And God don't want us like that. He don't want us carrying this bitterness and um, distasteful, distastefulness against other people, especially his people, because these are God's people. Um, at the end of the day, it's God's people, whether you like them or not. <laughs> they still got people and they have a soul. So you have to look at them that way and have compassion, just like Jesus Christ did. He has, you know, the love of Christ. And and if we say that we are Christian and we say that we love the Lord, then we got to show it. We got to show it in our action and also show it when we open our mouths <laughs> because it's going to show. Tyra, I'm going to start with you. Um, to answer this question before we go to Pastor Haynes and then LaShonda and then Valerie. You all have gone through some heinous acts against you. You've gotten saved. You're you're walking the walk. You're talking the talk. Um, and you have forgiven. All of those who wronged you, you have forgiven. Do you still consider yourself a victim, starting with Tyra? Do No, because um, when you say that you have forgiven someone, then you're no longer a victim. You're really a victor, a victor, V-I-C-T-O-R. You're really not a victim. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because um, that's how I felt when, especially when I gave my life to Christ, that I knew I was no longer an old Christian. So now, I'm, you know, I'm the new Christian and I wanted to live the way that God had created me to live, and that is in victory. So if I'm going to walk in victory, then I have to also think and act as a person who has victory. So it's, something, it's easy for us to be victimized. It's easy for me to walk around and say, oh, oh, why was me? He did this to me. She did this to me. He did that. Okay, yeah, they did do that to you. It did happen. But what did God do? What did God do? He got you through it. He got you through it. You still here. You still living. You still breathing. You still able to testify. You still able to come up, um, go over here and live your life to the best of your ability. Then that's that's what my mind focuses on instead of what somebody has done to me. Uh, yes, it is true that I didn't hurt anyone like that in my in my entire life. I have not hurt anyone like that, but because sometimes we'll victimize ourselves in that area too, where we're like, well, I've never done anybody like that before. But you can't you can't compare it. God is not a God of comparison anyway. So you have to just look at the fact that hey somebody hurt me in a way that I did not appreciate it. I I um I didn't deserve it, but they did do it. 
So what do I do with it now? I have to become a victor. I have to become a victor, you know, live my life in victory because in, in Christ, you're really not a victim. <laughs> I mean, God didn't even create us as victims. The children of Israel and those in Egypt getting beaten and stuff, God was trying to turn them around into the, the people that he want, that he knows that he created them to be, you know, people of, of abundance and also not in bondage. So if that's the case, then I don't have no business walking around here in bondage or either um, thinking that I'm not in victory either because, uh, you know, no matter what you go through in life, God still expects us to walk in victory because Jesus is a victor, isn't he? Jesus Christ is a victor, y'all. I'm telling you now. I mean, the man has, you know, people say, that's my brother, you know, Jesus Christ is like a brother to me because he went to the Calvary and he also died for us. And not only that, rose up with power so that I can live my life the way that God had intended for me to live my life, you know. And Jesus went through a lot. And what did he do? Turn around and say, forgive them. But they know not what they're doing. And guess what? The person who hurt me didn't know what they were doing either. We are victor- We are victorious, you know. We got to think that, though. You have to think it in order to act it out. Um, so it, it's not an easy thing, but it is possible, I will say that, because of Jesus Christ. LaShonda, are you a victim? Am I not? I am walking in victory. And not only that, I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I'm not a victim. I'm walking in victory. And like uh, Sister Tyra just said, they didn't know what they was doing because what the devil meant for my bad, God took that thing, shaped, made, mold me, healed me, and delivered me, and made me whole. So I take that and I got fire of the Holy Ghost and I go out and I use that testimony to let other women and other men, everybody know that we serve a God that no matter what happens to you, he's able to heal you, deliver you, and make you whole. Miss Valerie, are you a victim? I am not a victim. I refuse to give anybody that much power over me. I have taken control over my life through the power of the Holy Spirit because there's no way on this earth I could have even forgiven them. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm only a victim if I choose to soak in what happened to me. I choose not to. I choose to. Yes, it happened. That's my past pain. I am moving into my faithful future that God has planned for me. I, I absolutely, and I tell my kids this. I tell my kids, I don't care what nobody has done to you. And my, my son was, he surprised me this last, last month, but you have to forgive people for what they have done to you. Uh, and, and in order for you to live in your freedom, you to walk in your power, because just living in it in unforgiveness, they still have that power over you. And I refuse. I'm not a victim. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to turn it over to the one guy in the room, Bishop Haynes. (laughs) Bishop Haynes, if you would come in, if you have any questions for the ladies um, that may align with your teaching, feel free and we can have that dialogue or else you can go right into uh, what you want to share. Well, 
First of all, I want to commend all three of you uh, for uh, taking the time now to be very transparent and sharing with uh, Dr. V and the audience that she she has. Uh, one of the things that I, I want to say, all three of you declare that you are not a victim, but a victor. And, and what came to my mind is my wife wrote a song, I refuse to wear these chains. And all three of y'all basically said, I refuse to wear that any longer because I am a victor and not a victim. So I appreciate that. I, I, I jotted down some things. And, but one thing I also noticed that all of you uh, on your journey uh, to forgiveness, and it took you to get to that place. Forgiveness is not uh, a sprint. It's a marathon. It's something yeah. that is going to take time. And unfortunately, uh, if we're not careful, we'll judge people and we'll say, well, they should be there by this time. No, because how you dealt with her, Valerie, how you dealt with her, Lashonda, how you dealt with her, Tyra, was different. But the common goal that I heard in all three of you all, that you understood Amen. that you couldn't do it by yourself. Yeah. You needed help. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the scripture says that our help coming from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. And, and you called on him. And I am so glad to, to see where you are right now in life. Another thing that, that stood out to me, all three of you uh, alluded to a scripture that's uh, it's found in other places. But just let me read uh, from Mark, uh, the 11th chapter, verses 25 and 26. It says, and when you stand praying, forgive if ye have ought against any. There are those, are those people again. They're right there. But if you have ought against any, you, you got to remember this that your father also, which is in heaven, he may forgive you your trespasses. And, and y'all beautifully said it. We weren't above sin. We, we've done some yeah. things that were not pleasing to God. It may have not been that which was thrust upon you. Right. But this is what, what you, you got to get. So let me just kind of read it un, uninterrupted. And when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have ought against any, that your father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. So this is a conditional promise. All of you took him up on it. But if you had not done that, this next part is pertaining to you as well. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Now, I don't know about you, but I can't put myself in jeopardy for God not to forgive me for the things that I've done, the things that I've said. And so I've seen that common thread in all three of your testimonies. Y'all got to that place where you understood, I've got to do this. I've got to forgive. And, and I just want to, as a segue, say this. Uh, when I started ministry, when I started over 25 years ago now, I was ministering in a situation where there was a lot of hurt people. And as you know, the old adage, hurt people, hurt people. And so we had to get beyond that place of hurt and deal with forgiveness. There was a lot of things that needed to be forgiven. And it prompted a Bible study that when forgiveness seems impossible, the word seem, 
when it seems impossible. All three of you gave some situations that were horrendous. And it seemed like there's no way can they forgive in this situation. But when forgiveness seems impossible, God gives us how we can move through that. Yes, Lord. And and one of the things I had the privilege and honor uh, to pastor along with Dr. Veronica Outlaw was Sister Josephine Prescott. And and I was blessed to be able to uh, connect those two dots. And as a result, you see Dr. V's work and, and she paid homage to Sister Josephine Prescott. But when I think of that, when forgiveness seems impossible, it brings me to Sister Joe because Sister Joe laid a quad for the remainder of her life uh, shot by her husband, domestic violence, six times, left for dead. He steps over her body, Mm. goes to work on his regular shift like nothing happened. He had a child that had the presence of mind, and I believe it was God, to pick up the phone and call 911 and got his mom help. She was pregnant and about eight or nine months pregnant with that child that was in her belly. When he gets to work, the husband, he calls back and he says to her mother, I think you might need to go check on Joe. I I think she she might be dead. Wow. Now, from that point on, forgiveness. Uh, Sister Joe had to deal with when forgiveness seems impossible. How can I possibly forgive someone that has tried to take my life and the Mm -hmm. life of my unborn child? Well, I'm going to tell you how it's done. It's through the love of Jesus. It's through that love that is undeserving. None of us deserve the kind of love that he lavishes us with. When it was all said and done, to make this long story short, Sister Joe was able to leave this planet Earth knowing that she had an audience with her husband that was in prison. He had no idea who was calling and requesting a visitation. When he comes to the room, Sister Joe is sitting in a chair that she would sit for the remainder of her life. And she said, I want to just tell you that I forgive you for what you did to me. When forgiveness seems impossible. Things that are impossible with man are possible with God. God can give you such a a, a love and in such a way to display it, you all hit on it. You know when you haven't really forgiven somebody. There's some things that are still there. There's the residue. It's in you. And you just can't seem to shake it. And, and listen, sis, I want to tell all three of you all, those indicators don't lie. Because long distance forgiveness, you can get away with <laughs> But but when you're up close in person, like uh, I think who was it? Tyra said she knew she had to answer that phone. She knew that when she picked up the phone, what was inside of her could not be unleashed. She understood that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. She had children that she had to be mindful of. I can't poison them. I, I can't pollute them. I can't cause them to have a, a a mindset against their dad. They would have to see it for themselves. And and it would, trust me. 
I, I commend every parent that don't dog out the spouse because at the end of the day, you will do more harm than good. Listen to me, hear what I, I've got to say on this. You need to leave them a legacy and that's where it comes in. I had a praying mama. <laughs> I had a mother that in spite of all that she was dealing with, she understood that if I could just get to God, <laughs> if I could just get to him, the scripture says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalms 139 verses 24 and 25. You've got to know that this thing about forgiveness is real, but the only way you can do it is through Christ Jesus. And you've got to be willing to, to forgive people right where they are. They're, like Sister Josephine, her husband never asked for forgiveness. She went to him and she told him, whether you ever ask or not, I want you to know I've forgiven you. Listen, I, I know that I've got a little bit of time. Let, let me just kind of share this with you all. There are two things or two problems that cause people to have great psychological, emotional, and even some spiritual damage to anyone, even you. One of those things is guilt and the other is bitterness. Guilt imprisons you. It imprisons us if we, we hold on to that. Bitterness poisons us. Forgiveness is the answer to both of those things. And guilt comes from something wrong we felt that we've done. And bitterness is our reaction to someone else's wrong or a perception that someone has wronged us. They both have us in prison. Anybody want to get out of prison? If we let those things ride, they'll keep us in bondage and in prison. But oh, glory be to God. <laughs> it is forgiveness that sets the prisoners free. Forgiveness from guilt, forgiveness from bitterness. God forgives us and he sets us free from the prison of guilt. And our forgiveness of others sets them free from prison from the prison of bitterness and guilt. Let me just leave this with you in Psalms. Uh, I stand corrected. Ephesians 4 verses 31 and 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking put away from you with all malice and be ye kind, tenderhearted, forgiving. There's that word again forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake have forgiven you. When we forgive others from the bottom of our heart, you set two people free. You set the person that hurt you, the person that abused you, the person that was unfaithful to you, you set them free. But guess who else is set free? You. That's why y'all got the victory. Because you have been set free. He whom the son has set free is free. And oh, I wish I had me one or two people right there just to bless him. Because it is God that does these things through willing vessels like yourself. I, I, I don't want to do anything but share you this one account and then I'm out of here. How many of you know that God wants us the same way that we have been forgiven? 
He wants us to forgive other people. Well, this is account is about a young man, real, real true story, a young man, a young employee in a growing business under temptation. He misappropriates several hundreds of dollars and it was found out. I mean, you know, the Bible says your sin will find you. Come on, talk back to the preacher. <laughs> It'll find you out. And he was found out. And so he was summoned to appear before his manager. That young man knew that his days were numbered. He knew that perhaps this was in all likelihood the end of his job. So as he went to this manager's office, his heart was very heavy. And he walked in to that executive's office. And the man looked at the young man face to face. And he asked a question. He said, did you do the things that they said you did? The young man dropped his head. And he said, yes, sir, I'm guilty. It's true. The man behind the desk, he looked at him and he said, can I ask you a question? If you were to be forgiven right here and right now, if you were to be forgiven and you would be guaranteed to keep your position in the company, he said, could I trust you in the future to be absolutely honest? The young man says, sir. If you give me this forgiveness and this opportunity and this chance, I promise you I'll be the best employee that you ever had. And the manager said, sir, you are forgiven. And before the young man walked out the room, he said, but before you go, I want you to know that you're not the first man in this company that made this kind of mistake. He said years ago when I was a young man like yourself, I did almost identically the same thing. And he said, and I was forgiven and I'm showing you forgiveness. And he said, may God forgive you and me. Ladies, God bless you for your, uh, again, courageous stand to stand up and share and let people know that when forgiveness seems impossible, we can do it through Christ Jesus. God bless you. May heaven smile on you. Thank you, Dr. V, for an opportunity to be on a panel with such wonderful, distinguished, and God-fearing women. Don't go anywhere okay. just yet, Pastor. <laughs> Although all of the ladies shared some commonalities mm -hmm. with their journey and what forgiveness means to them, they all shared that they cried out to God. They asked for help. They prayed. They were saved. Talk to the people who are listening or will listen who are not saved or either who are lukewarm in their relationship with God. And they're trying to find, they're trying to get to this place as well. What, what Again, would you I share have with to, them? Uh, go back to all three of the panelists. Uh, Valerie in particular, I remember her saying she wasn't really a Christian, but she was praying. She was praying to God. Don't let... Don't let people tell you that God doesn't hear, hear a sinner's prayer. What it's simply saying is God doesn't hear a, a person that's not willing to repent. They, they were willing to repent and say, God, I can't do it within myself. I need you. So the first thing I will point them to is that they need to understand that they cannot do it without Christ. We need him in our life on every level of life. Paul said, 
The life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We cannot make it without Jesus Christ. One of the things that I didn't allude to, because forgiveness is a journey. We see that. Forgiveness is time consuming. It means you have to put into something to get out of something. If they had not sought the Lord, first of all, recognized that they could not do it without him. And then I don't know to the degree, uh, I think it was LaShondra that, that mentioned that when she really got saved to the point where she was filled with the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit is synonymous with the same thing. That is another thing, a born again experience. We need that. We, we cannot make it without it. Jesus said uh, to Nicodemus in John 3, and if you read the account, basically, you know, he comes to Jesus by night and just saying, oh, man, Rabbi, we know that you're the man. And, all. and Jesus just cut straight to the chase. And he said, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus said, marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So we, we've got to have that. And when we get that, then we got to understand we have to practice forgiveness. See, people now they know what forgiveness looks like. They got three people right here. They say, oh, man, yeah, I, I was on that podcast, and man, now I understand. Forgiveness is something that's going to take work. It might not happen overnight. But when you get to that born-again experience, now you are obligated, sir or ma'am, to live out what forgiveness is. You've got to not just, you know, we could do this real good, talk a good talk, but we don't walk the walk. So now you put us in a position where we're tent. We're listening and you know you need to be born again in order to let to make this thing happen. Listen, I want to just share this personally and I'm going to leave. Years ago when I had hair. <laughs> Listen, y'all, I'm making fun of myself. But when I was a young man and, and I truly wanted to know God and, and I didn't know I'm sort of like that. My, my, my testimony is I, I just didn't know him. I was one of those. Uh, uh, occasional people, Christmas and Easter, that's when I went to church. <laughs> and so, uh, but God met me in my barracks room. I never forget. I, I, I got on my knees and I cried out. I repented of my sins. Uh, later on in that day, God filled me with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then later on, I was baptized in Jesus name for the remission of my sins, according to Acts 2 and 38. And I have not looked back. This is what I do. And this is what I want to be doing when the Lord calls for us, working with people that don't mind sharing their story, how God redeemed them, how God brought them to a place of forgiveness. Dr. V. Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> I want to say this before I go around asking you all for any last words or advice or encouragement that when I wandered into South Carolina six years ago, I was, I was in a bad way at that point. I had been over 20 or so years in the guilt and the um, just, just in a bad way. 
and all the things that had happened to me, I had not shared with other individuals before. And my experience was that it was, it kept, it was, it kept being pressed upon me to go to church, go to church, go to church. And I kept telling God, you know, let me finish my dissertation. Let me, let me get caught up and then I'll do. And it got to a place where nothing was lining up. And I finally wandered into the church one Sunday and Lady Haynes met me outside and um, she hugged me outside on the church step. And that hug, in that moment, I literally felt a cool breeze and it felt like, um, I, I, I can't explain. I even wrote about it in the book because that's how uh, monumental that was for me in that moment. I didn't know these people and I shared, I, I just spilt my guts on her, her and Minister Meriwether on the front stoop. It wasn't because I wanted to, because I never shared with anybody before. It was something about that moment. I guess it was supposed to happen in that moment. I don't know what Lady Haynes went back home and told Pastor Haynes, <laughs> but he caught me the next Sunday and spoke to me after church. And I've been with them ever since. And, I, and I'm part of the reason why he, he doesn't have hair. <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> But but I say all that to say uh, before then I was kind of back and forth watching TV church and I, I, I wasn't going to say this, but I, I don't know why I'm being impressed to say this. But had I kept watching TV church and not that there's anything wrong with that, but when I need help, there was nobody to reach out to. And having a physical church means that you have the shepherd who is over you, who is assigned to take care of you if you submit and let go to that process. And because I did that, um, my shepherd is on this line tonight. And it's because of him and his wife that I met Sister Joe. I, they, they tried to talk to me for, I don't know, a few months. And my mindset was, they've never been abused, so they don't understand. I heard what they were saying. I kind of received what they were, were saying, but it didn't penetrate. And when they told me that I needed to meet Sister Joe, they, I found out after the fact that they didn't tell me on purpose that she was a quadriplegic because I probably wouldn't have agreed to the meeting. But I went to the meeting and that's when I found out she was in her condition. That meeting with her changed my life because I was faced with somebody who had gone through the same thing and she selflessly shared her story with me. And that same day, I made a commitment that whatever it was I had to do, I was going to do it to get better because life had to be more than what it, what I had experienced. So all of that to say, Pastor, I've said it to you privately. I'm going to say it publicly. Thank you. Thank you for what you and Lady Haynes mean to me. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for the teaching. Thank you for loving on me. Thank you for meeting me where I was. And you still to this day meet me where I am. The life. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna say to God be the glory uh, we were just there at that time in your life uh, God strategically placed us there you know he doesn't deal with happenstances it, it was ordained uh, that you were brought into my family that's my daughter y'all Dr. V and I'm just looking at God doing great things and I just think this is just you know the end is not yet uh, just so just keep on doing what you do for Jesus. Continue to give him glory and honor in all that you do. And again, thank you. 
thank you for the privilege and the honor to serve you. It's a privilege to serve you. Really, it is. Thank you. I'm sorry. I didn't even, it wasn't planned for me to go that direction, but <laughs> I, I appreciate you and love you from the bottom of my heart. Um, all, all of you ladies for accepting the invite. Yes, um, yes. Thank yeah. you, Jesus. <laughs> Uh, you can go ahead and unmute yourselves. Um, what I want to do is go around, starting with Valerie, then LaShonda, then Tyra, and end with Pastor Haynes, to just share any last words of encouragement, advice, whatever it is you want to share. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that everybody have heard of the fruit of the Spirit. Well, there are fruits mm -hmm. to unforgiveness as well. If you should so desire for those fruits to manifest in your life, the fruit of peace, the fruit of love, the fruit of freedom, then I would suggest that you get somewhere in the closet on your knees and you just get with God and ask God to help you forgive. Help ask the Holy Spirit to show you how to forgive others. That's my words of encouragement because it's, it's easy to do right, yes. once you get the help you need. LaShonda? I just like to say to everybody that uh, once you get the mindset that I choose to forgive because forgiveness is a choice. Right. And once you get the mindset that I choose to forgive because I can't move on no further in my life and I can't be forgiven by God if I don't, then mm -hmm. you make up in your mind, I can't do this on my own. I got to go to God. And you go to God and you give it all over to God because he already knows. He's just waiting for you to come to him and ask for help. And, mm -hmm. and not walk in pride thinking that you got this. Because a lot of people say this, I got this. But deep down, nothing. without God, you ain't got nothing. And so we got to make it up in our mind. I'm going to God. I'm going to get healed. I'm going to get delivered. And I'm going to get free. And especially for us mothers, we want to get healed and delivered and whole before we bring children into this world. Because we don't want our victimization because we in that victim mode of they hurt me they t they did this to me and you never get delivered never get healed and then you tend to have children and you're not able to help your children because you do be the you do be the victim instead of the victor and more than a conqueror but then we get healed delivered and free so that we can help our daughters and then we also can help other young women and other young men and let them know that God loves you, and He has no respect to a person. He's standing up wide with His uh, with His arms open wide, just waiting on you to come to Him. And without Him, we can do nothing. Mm -hmm. Apart from Him, we are nothing. Just know that He loves you today, and you can go to Him, and He's willing to heal, deliver, mm -hmm. and make you whole. Miss Tyra, yes, ma'am. Uh, everybody pretty much said it all, especially Pastor Hines. I tell you, I just wanted to get up out of my seat and shout, but, you know, I can't. <laughs> but, you know, we really don't be dressed to the teeth. When you, don't do that. You know, when you're in front of the camera, because I do have pajama pants on, so I was like, I ain't going to jump up now. Full disclosure. I know. So I, was, I, better, I better sit still. So I said, I'm just going to use my hands. <laughs> But all I, all I want to say, y'all, is, is that Jesus said he came so we can have life abundant. 
Yes. And the only way we can have life in abundance is by letting go of the old. You have to let it go. Um, But, you know, just like Pastor Haynes was saying earlier about there are things that do seem to be impossible. But he did say it seemed to be impossible. (laughs) So it's really not a truth. It's just that it looks like it's impossible. But with God, it most definitely is a possible life experience that you can have by forgiving someone who has done wrong to you. Um, because, you know, just like Valerie and LaShonda, they experienced something totally different than I did, but we both still were hurt. We were hurt by somebody. Man. So, the hurt is, is the same across all journeys. It hurts. It really does. But God don't want us to be walking around here hurt because what we end up doing is hurting other people, Amen. especially your own kids. Yes, <laughs> so, um, just like I was sharing my story, that um, if you you know if you do have kids and somebody has, and there's something that you holding on to those grudges from a long time ago, I pray that you. Uh, make a decision to let it go, um, to forgive, because you cannot get to the promise. You cannot even um, have an abundant life in the future if you hold on to the past. So it's just like you're driving a car. If I'm driving my car, if I'm looking back, I'm not looking forward. I'm not driving forward. I'm not even seeing what's in front of me because I'm too busy looking in the back. I'm too busy looking backwards. And God don't want us looking in the back. It's a past experience, but it does not have to define who you are today. Because today, if you want to be uh, uh, living in victory, you can. You can. And it is possible. But just like we always said earlier, you can't do it on your own strength. You really can't. You really cannot do it by yourself. Uh, We really do have to have people around us who are going to help us to um, get to that place that God wants us to be, because as long as you're hanging around the, the wrong kind of people, then you're you're going to stay stuck where you are. So make sure your circle is totally different. Make sure you have somebody in your corner who is pushing you to be better in Christ, because if they are not doing that, then it's a possibility that you're going to be um, staying stuck in your situation and you won't ever get to the promise. You won't ever get to the abundance. You won't ever get to the peace and the joy and the love. Oh my God. The God you know, has created for us to have, you know, even in the midst of all this ugliness, even in the midst of chaos, you still have peace. You still got love. You still got joy. You still got freedom. Oh my God, who don't want to live a life like that? I do. <laughs> well, my child. You know I mean, so it is possible. And just like Pastor Haynes was saying earlier, that you really do have to have the love of Christ. Um, this is just a journey you cannot do on your own. So for those that are not in the Lord, that, that don't um, have a relationship with the Lord, guess what? Today you can start. <laughs> Today is the day that you can begin because as long as you're breathing and got breath in your body and you you, you are able to just start right where you are, Lord, here I am. Because, you know, you guys, people just feel like, well, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Well, get where you're supposed to be. 
just just start right where you are because that's what that's what that's what I mean. How did people get saved? They got saved where they were, mm-hmm. right where they were. If you was in a a, a hard house, right where you at, you can be saved. <laughs> if you was you know laying laying the bed with somebody, you can get saved right there. It's a decision that you make. So it's the same way with forgiveness. We have to start with a decision and say, Lord, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I'm going to live my life in victory, and I'm going to have to uh, get the help that I need, and I'm not going to be ashamed to ask for help, and also I'm going to um, continue to be on the journey because it doesn't ha- it doesn't happen overnight. So just give yourself grace because sometimes, you know, the enemy will make you feel like you ain't doing enough. As long as you stand forward and keeping your eyes on Jesus Christ and letting him know that, Lord, I'm weak. Can you strengthen me? Then you're on the right path. Don't worry about all these other things. I'm so happy for you, Dr. Uh, Veronica, for um, letting me be on here tonight and and Pastor Hayes. If you are, if you are, you know, if you are on live or whatever, I'm gonna have to catch you on live because you live out there in South Carolina. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I'm gonna have to, um, you know, be like Veronica, be looking at you through the through the camera, like. <laughs> Miss like, Tyra, he's on uh he's on Facebook Live every Sunday. Yeah, every Sunday. Uh, 10.30 Eastern time. So there's a Facebook page, New Life Ministries of Aiken. It's also mm-hmm. on YouTube, New Life Ministries of Aiken. And he's also on Anchor and some other uh podcast platforms, New Life Ministries of Aiken. Okay. Well, you well, you make sure you tag me, Veronica. Okay. I sure will. Uh, it was nice meeting you, Pastor Hines. I really yeah, enjoyed you. um, your your conversation. It really has blessed me. Well, I, I'm going to end with saying that there is life, a peaceful life, life of happiness and joy on the other side of pain, if you choose to submit yeah. and let go, forgive and let go. You can't. Um, Submit and not be and not forgive. It the, the two just don't go, and so it's hard to tell somebody that there's really a blueprint because all all of us have shared that the journeys are different, the time frames are different. But make a conscious decision and change the mindset that you want more out of life, and you want to stop giving other people control. Take control of your own life and stop making excuses and don't see yourself as a victim. Because you'll you'll stay just there as a victim. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to end with um, Pastor Haynes. If you have any last words, and then after that, we'll end with with you uh, in prayer. Again, thank you all for um, accepting the invite, sharing your story, being transparent, and um, for your for your walk for your walk in Christ. Thank you. Thank you. It, it really was a pleasure and an honor again to to be a part of this. Uh, trust me, I believe that God has used this today to transform lives, to bring those that were hopeless to realize that they can have hope in Christ Jesus. I, I know that it flashed on the bottom and it brought back to memory. I think, Dr. B, you put it on there. Forgive and live. You cannot have a life without true forgiveness, a good mm-hmm. life, a peaceful life a life full of joy uh, that comes when we get to the place where we will forgive uh, those that have hurt us and trespassed against us. And let me say this, I'm going to pray. 
remember, God's not going to judge you for how those people treated you. He's going to judge you for how you treated them. Eternal God, we are again thankful for the opportunity to have been a part of this podcast. We pray that God, again, that our voices, Lord, as they went out and was released into the atmosphere, that there are some people that are really understanding the journey of forgiveness. We, Lord, ask that you would continue to let us remember that it's only in you that we live, move, and have our very being. And Lord, I pray that, God, you keep these, your people, Lord, through this time of the pandemic. Lord, let your blood cover and protect. And Lord, when it's all said and done, we'll, Lord, remember to give you the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Father. I gotta give you thanks. Because, Lord, everything that you have done, I didn't look at it now. I thank you, Lord, for the release of every chain. Everywhere I go, God, I gotta give you praise. Because you have heard my cry. We have been smothered by the grace of God, and it has brought us joy. Therefore, Lord, we was able to make a joyful noise in this city. We have learned to forgive, and with that in mind, God, I just can't stop praising you. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. Amen.